This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go, Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. So glad you're with us on this uh, particular Thursday. We love Thursday, don't we? Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, stops by. We're close to the weekend. We're in a good mood. Sean Kelly with you from Studio B on Airline Drive. This is the world headquarters of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans, both gearing up for action this weekend. It's been it's been nice having a day or two here without a Pelicans game, but I'm all ready again to get started. Daniel Salerson says, yes, 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 yes. Home game tomorrow against the Wizards. Star Wars night at Smoothie King Center. Check it out. That's that's the mug, isn't it? All right, so tomorrow night at Smoothie King Center, and I'm getting off track here. Uh, Tomorrow night, Star Wars night. That speaks for itself, right? Aha, but there's more. First 8,000 fans tomorrow night get the the New Orleans Pelicans Stormtrooper coffee mug or soup mug or tea mug, whatever you want to call it, but Daniel's got one already. It's it's a big, nice white mug with the New Orleans Pelicans logo on one side and the helmet of a stormtrooper on the other. It's tomorrow night. Very good. And then we leave. We go out west. Starting in Chicago, which makes no sense whatsoever. But we'll play in Chicago Saturday night and then head out west and not be back until the 21st. Uh, and our next home game then will be on the 23rd against Portland. So a lot ahead here for the Pelicans and uh, some news on that front, Kendrick Birkins comes out yesterday and says, maybe I come back tomorrow from the pectoral injury, which would be way ahead of schedule. He has been working and working and working to try and get back. So uh, that's good news. Daniel uh, Salerson will be talking with Joel Myers, television voice of the Pelicans from Fox Sports New Orleans, here on this podcast today. They'll cover a number of topics, and then before the end of the show, I'll uh, alert you to the Alvin Gentry show, which comes your way later on this evening. Football-wise, as we mentioned, voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson here to help us uh, dive a little deeper into our uh, Saints-Buccaneers coverage this week. And so we're excited to have Jim with us. We're a little uh, saddened by the news regarding Mark Ingram, though, placed on IR, done for the season now. Uh, There are reports out there that he's having surgery, maybe even as early as today, on possibly a torn rotator cuff. But again, nothing confirmed on that from, from the team. We just know that he's now on IR, and that's a blow. No doubt about that. Um, look, as hard as it's been, I know, at 4-8, and eight, uh, Mark Ingram is a, is a great story from this season, and I've really enjoyed watching him play. Um, gosh, I wonder what his numbers would be if he was able to finish. They're already great. Um, I think he's sixth overall in uh, total yards in the NFL. So nice job, Mark, and uh, we'll miss you. And, uh, look, the age of 25, where he is contract-wise, let's get him uh, buttoned up, sewed up, whatever we need to do, uh, because he'll be a big part of it again, of course, next season. That means uh, showtime here for Tim Hightower, C.J. Spiller, maybe even Marcus Murphy, too. Uh, that'll be interesting watch. Look, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for interesting storylines coming into these final four games. That's certainly one amongst others, and Jim Henderson will help us touch on some of those here on the uh, podcast today. So with that being said, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll bring in the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson. Still to come, Joel Myers, too. And then a quick note about the Alvin Gentry show tonight before we get out.
Come out and celebrate Star Wars Night. Feel the force on Friday, December 11th when your New Orleans Pelicans battle the Washington Wizards at 7 p.m. The first 8,000 fans in attendance receive a free Stormtrooper mug. You'll also have a chance to get your picture taken with your favorite Star Wars characters. Tickets start as low as $21, so don't miss out on any of the fun. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. And may the force be with you. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It's our treat as always on Thursday to get the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, with us here to help us preview this weekend's action, which takes uh, Mr. Henderson and his crew out on the road again, off to Tampa, Florida, as the Saints take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hello, Jim. Sean, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing wonderful. The weather's great. You've already uh-huh. sent me a barbecue recipe for the week. Um, in light of the fact that I'll be on the road this weekend with the basketball team, I'll have to put it in the, uh, in the cabinet and bring it back out when I get back. But, um, as always, you're helping me in the, in the, in the areas where I'm seeking the most help. And that is of course, food and drink. Astronomically. Yes, of course. Um, you know me too well. I think that's, you know, probably the secret to your success as far as dealing with me. Well, we share similar interests. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, I couldn't help but notice, Jim, in the broadcast booth the uh, this past Sunday, you and your crew were sporting the Hokey Tough T-shirts. Um, can you tell me about that and uh, and what the latest is on our beloved Hokey guys, John? Well, those T-shirts came uh, from an idea down at WWL Radio to not only salute Hokey but to do something in behalf of cancer research and the funding of cancer research. So they came up with that. We were proud to wear them. I know he was he was touched by the uh, by the gesture, and uh, he began chemotherapy, I believe, yesterday. He's going to be doing it for five days pretty extensively and pretty aggressively, um, and we hope to have him back before the end of the season. Do you know anybody else who would maybe be ready to do this more than Hokey Gaijon? No. I mean, when we were in the broadcast booth prior to the game, um, we were talking about various various injuries that he had had, and uh, various surgeries. And I said, how many surgeries have you had? And he said, 26. Now, I don't know if he was exaggerating or kidding, or I I assume he wasn't, because that's the amount of things he's gone through in his career and post-career. So if anybody can handle this, and he's got a great attitude to do it, if that means anything, it'll be hokey. No doubt, no doubt. We can't wait to have him back. I know that he he has plans here, because I know there's a break or two in his treatment that I don't think we've – I don't think we've had our last broadcast of the season with Hokey Gaijon and you together in the booth, so 
can we can we still look forward to that? I hope so. Believe me, I hope so. I would like nothing better. In the meantime, Deuce McAllister becomes your broadcast partner on an interim basis here. Um, share with me your thoughts about that news and, and what you think that broadcast might be like this coming Sunday. Well, um, I think it'll be pretty comfortable. I think it'll be more comfortable than perhaps either one of us anticipated. I've always been comfortable around Deuce. I've always admired him. And not only as a player, but the way he's handled himself, the way he's conducted himself in front of the media. He's thoughtful. He doesn't take exception to any sort of questions. He's candid. And so in many ways, I see the same sort of traits in Deuce McAllister that I saw in Hokey Gajan as a player. And I think he'll translate to the broadcast booth very quickly as to what the broadcast will sound like. Hopefully, it's a matter, as you well know, working out the nuts and bolts as who does what readers, not stepping on one another. And we had a meeting yesterday at WWL Radio to kind of go over what his role will be, apart from just uh, responding to the action, but what he has to do in pregame, what he has to do in postgame, what kind of business he has to conduct in the in the broadcast booth as far as sponsorship and things like that. So as far as analyzing the game, I don't think that will be any problem at all for Deuce, and I don't think the other things will be for long either. Yeah, and both Hokey and Deuce are uh, former running backs. Is there something you want to tell us about your relationship with running backs? Do you have a certain running back bias these days, Jim Henderson? Well, you know, before that, I worked with uh, Dan Brock, who was an offensive lineman, and before that with Archie Manning. So I think as much as anything, Sean, it's just seeing no matter what position these guys played, uh, how well you think they would translate to a broadcast. And uh, I don't think we went too far wrong with Archie or Stan or certainly with Hokey and I think the same will be true with with, uh, with Deuce. But, I mean, there are other former Saints, too. I, I've heard Jonathan Zoma a number of times on the NFL Network and Keith Evans, who I thought at the time would each be excellent broadcasters, and I think they've already shown that they would be and are. I think they have great futures in the business as well. Yeah, all smart guys. I think that's the running trait there, that's for sure. Jim yeah. Henderson, the voice of the Saints, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Let's talk about Tampa Bay for a second here, uh, Jim, and maybe uh, in a more NFC South um, view, how much do you think Dirk Cutter has to do with Tampa's uh, recent play and perhaps Atlanta's recent slide, knowing the connection between those two through Dirk Cutter? Well, that's a very good question. You know, uh, the Falcons have fallen off the face of the map, and certainly Matt Ryan doesn't look like the same quarterback that we've seen in recent years. In the absence of Dirk Cutter, uh, he certainly brought Jameis Winston along quickly. He's a kid that's only in his first year, obviously, but playing with great confidence and greater confidence than appears with each week. So there may be a thread there that uh, Dirk Cutter is the, the person that uh, has, has been most missed in Atlanta and most appreciated in Tampa. This is a Tampa Bay team that was 0-6 in the NFC South last year. If they beat the Saints, uh, they will have had only one loss to the NFC South, that being the Carolina, who's beaten everybody. Then they get them in the last week of the season when Carolina could be resting some of their starters. So uh, Carolina's the only team in the final four games of the season for the Tampa Bay Bucks that has a winning record. And by the time they play them again, um, it's very conceivable that Carolina could be resting some of their players. So great turnaround by the Bucks. What a difference a year makes. And in that, I, I'm asking you about the irony of situation here in that it was the New Orleans Saints that beat the Buccaneers late last season, week 17, if I'm not mistaken, that clinched them the number one overall seed, and they go out and get Jameis Winston, and now we're talking about this in a much different light a year later. 
Yeah, and it was so evident last year that they were tanking that game. I mean, they pulled almost everybody at halftime in a game. It looked like the Saints were ready to lose as well. And, but the, the Buccaneers were more intent on losing than the Saints were in that final game in Tampa that, that ended the season. They got what they wanted, the number one pick in Jameis Winston, but it looks like they couldn't have gone too far wrong if they had to settle for Marcus Mariota either. Jim, when you look at Jameis Winston from the first time you saw him this year till what you'll see this weekend, where's the growth in your eyes? Well, you know, he played pretty well against the Saints in the first meeting. He was 14 out of 21 for 207 yards, a touchdown. He ran the ball six times, threw a touchdown pass, as I said, in that game, and also ran for one. So uh, apart from just seeing the highlights of last week, and I'll watch that game against the Falcons in the next day or two in preparation for this week's game, I just think it's the normal growth of a player that came in with obviously great credentials. He just has, has gotten very comfortable very quickly in this offense. He's got a great running game, too, and a great defense uh, on the other side of the ball. So he hasn't had to totally carry the load himself. They've got a terrific running game, number two overall in the NFL, and Doug Martin's the second leading runner. So he takes a lot of pressure off him. Yeah, no doubt. Over 30 carries a game. I mean, north of 30 per game. And Doug Martin, what, what do you say about that guy? I mean, didn't he kind of fall off a little bit last year? I, I, I didn't know if he could come back to where he was two, three years ago, but he, he has. Yeah, and he's always had some big games against the Saints. Uh, he's had 11 100-yard rushing games in his career. Uh, last week he had 95 yards rushing against the Falcons, uh, played well against the Saints in, in Week 2. Um, but especially this year, being his contract year, he has uh, really put things together. Average, You know, it's interesting. He averaged five yards per carry, and the Saints have the worst defense in the NFL in yards per carry. So it's a... Uh, it's the number one running back in yards per carry, five per, per carry for Doug Martin against a running uh, defense in the Saints that uh, allows 4.9. So I think that's a fairly uh, interesting juxtaposition of those two statistics. Absolutely. Speaking of running game, um, your thoughts on the impact uh, with of Mark Ingram going on IR the rest of the way. There are reports today that it's a torn rotator cuff, which is just a shame, but um, what 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 kind of a season did you see in, in Mark Ingram, and what kind of an impact is this going to have now? Well, the Saints have never been, even with Mark there, for the most part, very reliant on the running game, but he certainly has become an all-around pro. You know, he had the knock against him because he wasn't really utilized in the passing game very much until the last year or so, and he, I think it always kind of rankled him that he had to come off the field on third down. Well, this year, for the most part, he's been staying out there. He's their third-leading receiver with 50 receptions. Uh, gives you everything he has behind an offensive line that is not the best in the NFL. So Mark's become a solid pro, and I, I don't I don't see the Saints overcoming his absence in the running game with, with what they've got left. Now, I could be surprised, and I have been in the past, but it just puts even more pressure on Drew Brees in the passing game. You've done much more extensive prep for this game than I have. I'm just going to admit that. I think I've tried to hit a couple of the storylines, but what am I forgetting, Jim, about this weekend's game? As far as, you know, whether you want to take it in as a singular moment or maybe in the bigger picture, your, your, your call on this one. Well, I think primarily, obviously, the Bucks are still on the periphery. They're a game behind Seattle in the NFC wild card race to be the last wild card team, so they've got a lot to play for. Haven't won a playoff game since they won the Super Bowl. Uh, have not been in the playoffs in eight straight years, so this has got to be a hungry team that's got a lot to play for. They've won three of their last four. They're very much in the hunt for a wild-card position. Meanwhile, the Saints have lost four straight, and should they lose another, it would be the longest losing streak of the Sean Payton era. So 
Uh, obviously, two teams going in opposite directions, but those perceptions can change on a weekly basis. Without a doubt. Still worth watching this weekend. There's still, as you always say, there's something to keep your eye on, and we'll have your call, of course, on our radios on Sunday. Jim, thanks so much. Sean, my pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you, and uh, all the best to Hokey. Please send along our well wishes for him, and, and uh, good luck with your broadcast with Deuce this weekend. I think you'll find it enjoyable. Thanks a lot. I'm sure we will. Thanks a lot, Sean. There you go. Jim Henderson, Voice of the Saints. A pleasure on a Thursday. And we'll take a break and be right back. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with the Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is on Friday, December 11th against the Washington Wizards. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. All right, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Joining me now to talk a little Pelicans is Joel Myers. We get Joel Myers in Studio B today. It's a it's a rarity here, Joel, during the season. Glad to have you on. It's killing you, I know. I, you like long distance with me. I know. <laughs> it's okay, though. But we figured people... while you were here. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Joel, uh, unfortunately, we had a... Well, fortunately, a big night against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday. Big win against LeBron James in overtime. Then Monday comes around, and I don't, I'm not sure what happened, um, whether it was just a hangover from the weekend and Friday as far as, you know, excitement and stuff. But uh, what did you notice on Monday? What was your biggest takeaways? Well, first of all, when you face the Boston Celtics going into the game, you have to know that, and they're deep at the guard position, they are an energy team. Mm-hmm. And whether it's Isaiah Thomas or Avery Bradley, Crowder on the wing, they are going to, one thing, try to outwork you. Right. So that means you better be on your toes to start the game. You can't play your way into games. There are too many teams now, and small ball teams, that have energy, pace, and their aggression right away from the, the opposition. Uh, Pelicans were flat, and you can't be flat against Boston. You have to match their energy. So it was really uh, a disappointment, and across the board. And Alvin Gentry let all of us know that by sitting right. his starting backcourt because starting backcourt was outscored 33 to nothing. Now, granted, they didn't get a lot of minutes in the second half. Right. But in the first half, they had to be ready to play, and they weren't on. And they, they weren't thinking the game from the beginning. And think about your opponent and who you're facing and the matchup of the evening. Think the game is the key. Right. I mean, you had uh, three or four times where a guard would foul 
throwing the Boston guards from outside the arc. And I mean, three times mental, in one half. Mental mistakes. Sorry to interrupt, but no, that's okay. how frustrated I was. Yeah, well, I think everyone was frustrated. Um, we have Tyreek Evans and Norris Cole have come back. Cole has struggled. Tyreek struggled last game. I know some people say wait and see how they adjust as far as coming back into the starting lineup or even coming off the bench if you're Norris. But how long do you think it takes for all these guys now under a new system now that they're finally playing with each other to get adjusted? Well, it's not so automatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to, like Alvin said, uh, things like this should have been done in October. And unfortunately, they couldn't do it in October because right. they weren't healthy. Uh, Norris, he saw some of it before he went down with a high ankle sprain. I'd like to see Norris go to the rack more often. Right. I'd like to see him on the attack more often than settling outside. So when your mm-hmm. shot's not falling from outside, well, not only can you get to the hole, and he is, he's quick and he's very talented, but you can also get to the free throw line. And then the ball starts going in from there, and that helps your stroke as well. Uh, Tyreek can't walk it in this system. Mm-hmm. It's an engaged system where you get it across in a hurry. So it's not pounding the basketball. It's actually move the basketball. Move it, and if you're not attacking yourself, then give it to somebody else. And you space and move off the ball. It'll happen. It's going to take some time for both of them. Uh, maybe Tyreek a little bit more because he's a ball-dominant guy, and it's right. going to be in his hands more often. But – there's enough talent. You beat San Antonio and you beat Cleveland, as Anthony Davis said, you know you can compete with the best, and we all know that now. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Um, I want to talk about the offense a little bit because it seems like a lot of the times when the uh, the ball doesn't move, that's when the offense becomes stagnant. That's when the Pelicans have problems. Is that the biggest issue you see right now with this offense? Because you see flashes of great ball movement first quarter against Houston and Memphis, what is going on with the offense as far as why sometimes the ball doesn't move around? Is it just, again, is that more of a chemistry issue? You yeah, I think uh, the trust factor, the mm-hmm. believability factor in each other and in this system, uh, it is a new system, and it's totally different because last year was very structured. Plays were called just about every time they walked up the floor. So now you want to tell these guys, and I think they're so conditioned to a play being called, no, you don't have to have a play called. It is ball movement. It is pace and space. And if you have the proper pace, and I'm talking about half-court set timing, because, and here's the extreme, the Golden State Warriors, and I watched it again last night. Their timing is impeccable in their half-court sets. The way they wait, the way they move it, and the way you'll see, say, on the weak side, a rub, because there's movement on the other side, and that rub is going to free up somebody to come to the strong side. And then the ball arrives when he arrives. It's that quick. It is that seamless. So the timing is maybe the biggest thing in their half-court sets is they don't trust after they get rid of the ball the movement. Sometimes you see guys stop, and that's not the the way it should be in this system. If anything, if you're going to stop, it's only to create space for somebody else. And one thing they have done well, give them credit, when there's a mismatch, they've gone to the mismatch. And we've seen that frequently. So there are a lot of things they're doing right. It's just now a trust factor, I think, with all of them to, to buy into the system. What about on defense? What have you noticed from this team on defense? It struggled a little bit, but um, what, have you, what are your takeaways on defense? Well, put it this way. When they had the three-game winning streak, over those three games, they were first in pace, they were second in offensive efficiency, and they were 15th in defensive efficiency. With this system, there's going to be more opportunities for the opposition. That's just the way it goes. Right. That's why you see uh, more shot attempts for the opponent, more shot attempts, hopefully, for the Pelicans. But uh, overall, defensively, uh, they're getting better. Little by little, you can see it. Uh, They have to protect the rim, and sometimes the big will come away, 
and doesn't need to be there. It can be closer to the basket to protect the rim. So that's going to take time. But I do see encouraging signs at the defensive end, believe it or not, even though there's been a lot of right. points scored. When you're trying to track the defense, I know some people just look at points per game and think, oh, the Pelicans are up a bunch of points per game. And you mentioned the, face, uh, the pace factor. What should fans look out for stats-wise as far as how can we tell the defense is progressing? Well, how many shots are given up? And then you break it down off the shots. Uh, last year, the Pelicans only took 81, 82 shots a game. This year, hopefully, they're going to be up around 90. Last year, the league leaders were right at 88, 89. That's where you want to be. High 80s, right around 90. And your opposition, because of your pace, and also remember, more opportunities because of free throw attempts and everything else, there's going to be more chances for the opposition. Just because, hopefully, you're going to score early in your set or early offense. You don't need a set because you've beaten them in transition. So they're going to get the ball back faster. So it, it, it's basically go to basketballreference.com. You, there's a lot of different tables. And look at the defensive efficiency numbers mm-hmm. and the way they break that down. And it's simple. Yeah. It's online every day. Perfect, perfect. Let's talk about the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. And you, we thought that the Western Conference would be the conference that everyone thought it was as far as how many teams would be over 500. But as of now, it looks like the Eastern Conference. Not sure it's going to last. But what are your what are your thoughts on the la- the first month or so of the season as far as the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference? Well, the Eastern Conference has gotten better, but it coincides with a time where there's very disappointing stories right now in the Western Conference. Besides the Pelicans, don't forget the Houston Rockets are a huge letdown. They're right now uh, going into Thursday's play. They're going to be they're 10 and 12 actually going into Wednesday night's matchup. So Houston's below 500. There's other teams that have struggled in the Western Conference. But give the East teams like Orlando, like Charlotte, who had great acquisitions during the offseason. Batum, Hawes is back to a normal role for him. Uh, Jeremy Lamb came in, and he's shown us he can put the ball to the floor. He's not just a three-point shooter. Charlotte has improved. The Knicks got better in the offseason. Porzingis was a good play play at the four spot uh, in, in the most recent draft. Little things have happened at the East. Detroit is they had to get better. Right. Couldn't get any worse there. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get better, in fact, when Brandon Jennings comes back because they have some nice components already. Uh, Jackson's committed now. Uh, that's their guard moving ahead. Jennings could be a nice complement off the bench if they decide they want to keep him. They may use him as a trade piece, though, for more shooting because that's Stan Van Gundy's uh, system. But the East has gotten overall a little bit better. But don't forget, there have been disappointments of the Western Conference mm-hmm. that have helped out. Well, speaking of the East, our next opponent is the Washington Wizards on Friday night. They're struggling a little bit, a couple games under 500. They still have Bradley Beal, John Wall, Marcin Gortat. Um, what are going to be some of the things for the Pelicans to do to win on Friday night? Well, first of all, they have to match their energy, mm-hmm. which they did against Boston. Because Bradley Beal's going to push our Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's off guard, and he is solid. And now he's starting to put up big numbers. And he was kind of passive earlier in the season, but they he knows that he has to be aggressive and shoot the basketball. He's coming off back-to-back 20-plus point efforts. So uh, Bradley Beal at the two, but John Wall is an elite lead. And John Wall is going to press pace. He's going to look for everything he can. He's one of the fastest guards in the NBA. And then Otto Porter, super long athletic three. And he is growing by the rep. There's a kid, it's an interesting matchup. Mm -hmm. Because whether it's Dante Cunningham, whoever it is that's going to guard him, Alonzo G, uh, he can play the three, and I'm talking about Porter, or the Mm -hmm. four. And Gortat should be back. He had personal family issues. He had mm-hmm. to go back to Poland. But he should be back. It is a challenge. They're not as deep. They've been hurting. Nene has been hurt. 
Uh, Chris Humphreys has been hurt. Drew Gooden has been hurt for them. So Dudley has also helped out in the starting lineup. But they've got a veteran team at a really strong backcourt. So you have to get ready because they're going to want pace as well. Match their energy and don't try to play your way into a game. No doubt about that. There was a, not rumor circulating, but Kendrick Perkins did talk um, yesterday at Pelicans practice today. There's a good chance he could play on Friday coming back from that pectoral injury. What does he bring back for the Pelicans? Leadership. Mm-hmm. And they need that, that veteran voice. AD has said it. I've never been around a teammate like Kendrick Perkins. Don't forget going into overtime at Cleveland. He pulled AD aside and said, this is the time you have to be great. Mm-hmm. Perk's a coach right now on the bench. Right. He has been phenomenal. In fact, Alvin Gentry said, he by far is the and, and Alvin's three decades in the NBA, said Kendrick Perkins is the best teammate I've ever seen. Perk is a positive influence, whether it's on the bench or on the floor. Love to see him back, though, mm-hmm. because yeah. he's a force in the sense, and I'm not talking about offensively, but whether it's the boards or stops, just his determination. And that will carry over to the rest of the guys. Should be a good one Friday night. Pelicans and the Wizards. That's television voice of the Pelicans, Joel Myers. He and Dave Wesley and Jen Hale will be on the call um, starting at 6.30. Joel, I appreciate the, the rare stop in Studio B. Thanks a lot. Anytime. You Stay know out that. of trouble, will you? You know. Anytime you need me here, I'm here for you, Daniel. I love it. I love it. All right, when we come back, Sean will be back to wrap things up. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Let's talk about the Alvin Gentry uh, Coaches Show. It's on your radio tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time here in the Metro New Orleans area on 99.5 WRNO-FM. That's the flagship station of the Pelicans Radio Network. And so tonight from 7 until 7.30, we'll talk Pelicans basketball, uh, most of it, of course, with the head coach himself, Alvin Gentry. This will be on the brink of their big uh, road trip and their final home, home game of this homestand, which is tomorrow night at 7 again against the Washington Wizards. So we'll look forward to that, and we'll also look forward to tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. Uh, Amin El Hassan, who is an, um, is really entertaining, by the way, but he's an NBA insider for ESPN. He'll make his uh, Black and Blue Report debut tomorrow, and we'll discuss not only the Pelicans but other things around the NBA and his use of social media as well. He's been named one of the top 100 follows uh, in sports, all of sports, by Sports Illustrated. I think he's pretty proud of it too. What else do we have tomorrow? Oh, yes, a little further information about Saints and Buccaneers. And we'll share that with you with Pat Yasinskis tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. Thanks again to Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints. By the way, 
prayers for Hokie Guy John. He's going to be doing just fine, but a little extra boost from you all. Uh, something positive his way and uh, a little divine uh, work there also, never to be underestimated. So keep that in mind. And uh, also we thank Joel Myers for stopping by uh, from Fox Sports New Orleans. For all of us here on Airline Drive and from Studio B, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.